the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 525 for July 3rd, 2016. N is for Nougat, U.S. Cellular comes to Project Fi, and Amazon brings ads to the lock screen. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Well, happy early 4th of July to everyone out there, especially here in the U.S. Kicking off the news this week, Qualcomm on Monday announcing it has created a prototype 5G system and a trial platform to go with it. The 5G new radio prototype is able to function across a wide range of spectrum bands, primarily below 6 gigahertz, and can achieve multi-gigabit per second data rates and low latency. Qualcomm says the prototype uses some of the designs that may be used in the final 3GPP standard for OFDM-based 5G air interfaces. The 3GPP is already studying the 5GNR, which may become part of the release 15. The 5GNR includes a base station and end-user agreement for testing of the 5G technologies. It also supports wide RF bandwidths over 100 megahertz for testing speeds, as well as latency and the other various technologies that make those speeds possible. The prototype is something that the equipment vendors and wireless network operators will put to use as they work to develop and help define 5G. Next, ZTE can continue to export U.S. goods for another two months thanks to an extension offered by the U.S. Department of Commerce. The Commerce Department alleged in uh, March that ZTE had violated trade sanctions in place against Iran by using shell companies to hide its exporting activities. The government initially banned ZTE from exporting any U.S. goods, parts, or components, but then quickly offered a three-month reprieve while ZTE worked with the government to resolve the issue. That reprieve was extended for another two months this week, which now ends on August 30th. The FCC on Wednesday said that the reverse portion of the incentive auction is now complete. So this is around the bidding for the 600 megahertz television airwaves. It is now over. The cost is now clear at the 126 megahertz of spectrum. They exceeded $86.4 billion in spending for those airwaves. The FCC expects to begin the forward portion of the auction soon. That's where the wireless companies will bid for the spectrum blocks. Carriers such as AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon have all said they'll be participating, though Sprint is opted to not. It's not clear yet how much the FCC expects to make when auctioning off the airwaves, but of course bidders will need to either meet or exceed the $86.4 billion at a minimum. The bidding has concluded in the reverse auction, according to the FCC's Gary Epstein in a prepared statement. He said strong participation from broadcast stations made this initial clearing target possible. Now the action shifts to the forward auction, which will give the bidders the opportunity to compete for the beachfront spectrum to meet America's growing mobile data needs. Wow, that's quite a lot of money. That's uh, amazing. Uh, for free air, it cost you uh, $86 billion. Yeah, and if you think about what it actually means to use it, and uh, you know, it's not like it's something that's really visible for uh, for if, if you happen to use it illegally, and the carriers are going to spend literally tens of billions of dollars on this, if not over a hundred billion dollars to be able to use this stuff. But it's some of the last remaining stuff out there that's going to be available for use with this, so it makes sense that you're going to want to spend uh, to get what you need. And it really is prime uh, real estate spectrum. I mean, it really is because it, it works, you know, decent with long range and, you know, pretty decent uh, for in-building coverage. And of course, they've got the, the higher spectrum for real, you know, short wave and short distance uh, travel, like for indoor stadiums and things like that. 
Yeah, so it, it, it makes all the sense in the world for them to do it. And I think that uh, it's, I, I'm guessing, going to, they're easily going to be able to meet the spectrum here. Um, if you think about it, the stuff gets sold off in chunks, um, you know, of 5, 10, 20 megahertz. Uh, and of course, that happens all across the country, various carriers in different parts of the country, et cetera. If you want contiguous spectrum across the entire country, that's going to be even more. So there's going to be a lot of different things that happen here. And there's going to be, a, it's not just like a one size fits all approach to how they're going to sell the stuff. And Sprint sitting this one out isn't that surprising because I know they have a ton of spectrum when they uh, acquired Clearwire. Uh, they, they had a, a big chunk. And of course, I think Sprint is pretty uh, cash-strapped right now, too. Yeah, it's not something that they're going to easily be able to just throw a bunch of money at at this point, unfortunately for them, I think. But either way, you've got the other three big guys that are going to be jumping in here and, and doing a lot. And I'm sure we'll see some other players, such as maybe Dish Network, as we've seen in the past, or maybe even some other companies that uh, we don't know about today that will jump in and, and We'll, of course, cover that as uh, as it comes up. Yeah, and of course, there's been no word if they're going to extend LTE to that spectrum or if it'll end up being 5G, you know, the stuff we were just talking about uh, sort of service. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Certainly, there's uh, the potential. I mean, we all think about, you know, well, we've got this type of technology right now, but that's not necessarily what this is going to be the most suitable for. Um, there's a lot of testing that's happening on other spectrum bands that's out there right now for 5G stuff, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be right for that. Or maybe it is because it's going to be for shorter distances. Who knows? But either way, a lot of questions, and certainly there's more, more or less this auction is just to get these airwaves under the control of the wireless carriers that need them so desperately. The Wi-Fi Alliance on Thursday announced an expansion of its Wi-Fi certified AC program in an attempt to boost the speed and capacity of Wi-Fi routers and other Wi-Fi equipped devices. Specifically, devices won't receive Wi-Fi certified AC status unless they make improvements to several core functions. First uh, is MU-MIMO, which lets routers multitask and send data to multiple devices at one time, or at the same time. This improves throughput and efficiency of any given network. Secondly, Wi-Fi certified AC now supports uh, four spatial streams up from three to connect more to more devices. Third, the certification program increases the maximum channel bandwidth from 80 megahertz to 160 megahertz for doubling of speeds. And finally, certified AC extends support to more channels in the 5 gigahertz band, which should allow routers to make more efficient use of that spectrum. Select chips from Broadcom, Marvel, MediaTek, Qualcomm, and Quantenna have already been approved for Wi-Fi certified AC and can be used to test the technology in device designs. The Wi-Fi Alliance expects Wi-Fi certified AC products to be widely available throughout the next five years. Google on Thursday revealing the dessert-themed name for Android N, which will be Nougat. Google did not specify the number designation for Android Nougat. The previous version, which was Android 6, is known today as Marshmallow. Android Nougat is available in beta form to select devices and will be released in full later this summer. I dislike Nougat, so I'm definitely not going to like this version of Android, right? I think, well, of course not. So you're absolutely not going to jump in Android because you don't like whatever... The name of it is. The name That's of right. it is, That's right. That's yeah. right. It could be uh, 6.1. We just don't know. Yeah, they, they may make it 7 or not. Uh, some of them, they it really does kind of vary based on uh, what they're uh, what they're doing behind the scenes. They had, I think, so when you look at, you know, where things came from, when you had Lollipop, I think Lollipop was actually 5.1, wasn't it? Uh, and it was the KitKat, which was 5.0 or something like that, or maybe... Yep. Something like that. Yeah, jelly beans. Something happened. Yeah, there was, you know, a bunch of dot releases in there. Yeah. And, you know, so, of course, the big thing is you've got a new dessert name here. So what does the statue look like uh, over in Mountain View? 
well, it's a, a couple of candy bars with some nougat in the middle. It's not nearly as exciting as uh, I guess I was hoping for. I, I was envisioning just a, a pile of goo sitting on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, nougat will be the name. I guess it could be a lot worse, but uh, there you go. Next up, AT&T on Thursday said its customer appreciation program called AT&T Thanks is ready to offer its first perk, Ticket Tuesdays. Postpaid consumers can get a free movie ticket when they buy one at full price for a Tuesday showing. Qualifying customers can get a free ticket each week by visiting AT&T's website where they will have to verify their account number in order to receive a coupon. AT&T said AMC Theaters and Regal Entertainment Group are participating in the Ticket Tuesdays. Another uh, promo includes priority pre-sales to Live Nation concerts. AT&T says customers will be able to purchase concert tickets and VIP packages ahead of general availability. The Live Nation ticket program doesn't kick off, though, until the fall. There is no cost to take advantage of AT&T Thanks, nor is there an app to download like T-Mobile's program. Of course, T-Mobile launched its customer appreciation program earlier this month. Verizon on Wednesday announcing the 4G LTE network extender for homes and small businesses. The device provides LTE coverage in buildings up to approximately 7,500 square feet, including services such as HD voice and high-speed data. Verizon says the 4G LTE network extender supports up to seven devices at a time, with the eighth channel reserved for emergency calls. The device, made by Samsung's networking business, is self-optimizing and can learn its surroundings to provide better coverage. Verizon says the box needs a wired broadband connection with broadband minimum speeds of 10 megabits down and 5 megabits up, though they recommend 20 down and 10 up for optimal performance. The device does not rebroadcast or boost local signals. Instead, it uses the broadband connection as backhaul and creates its own LTE cell for connectivity. Users will be able to transition seamlessly between in-home LTE and Verizon's macro LTE network when stepping outside. It goes on sale uh, or went on sale this week, July 3rd, for $250. The neat thing about this is does support the HD voice so that, you know, the LTE voice, um, which is higher quality voice. And then, of course, then if you're in the basement somewhere, you can actually have that. Yeah, which is obviously a very nice thing to have. Um, uh, you know, I, I I love that they finally have this out. It seems like it's taken them forever to get this. Um, I have one of these. Um, it's I can't remember what it's called. We'll call it the LTE Network Extender for T-Mobile, and I love it. I basically have a. It's like having a cell tower in my house. Um, and for the most part, I'm making phone calls over the T-Mobile Wi-Fi network anyway. But it's still nice to to see and to have. And and you know, oftentimes when you pick up a device, um, you know, if you happen to be at one end of the house or something, it, it you may not have the greatest cell or excuse me wi-fi coverage but i still have good cell coverage which is very helpful well and that's the the thing i was just going to mention of course with uh you know with iphone 6s and above including the se and of course a, a lot of android devices now from the the recent couple of years you know wi-fi calling is available so really this isn't necessary uh for the most part uh for for your home network usually but i i would imagine for businesses where there's people coming in and you're not on the wi-fi network this is where this would be a little bit more helpful yeah, um, you know, it is nice to absolutely in that in that regard, it is nice. Um, one of the other things that I have seen is um, that with, with when you have only the Wi-Fi coverage, it still seems that the device is in the background still working to make sure that it, can, it has a cellular signal if it can. Um, and the battery does seem to run down faster, even though you're ha- making all of your calls over Wi-Fi. So I guess unless you actually fully turn off um, your cell network and go and then switch over just to have the Wi-Fi calling, you're probably going to run into that issue. So um, this in the in 
you know, if nothing else, will help to keep that signal full and to make the radios, the wireless radios uh, for the cellular network work um, a little bit less, which, you know, potentially could give you better battery savings. And if you're spending a lot of time at home, even if you're on Wi-Fi calling, you're going to recoup uh, that uh, as far as a benefit as well. Google updating its Project Fi application in order to take advantage of cellular coverage offered by U.S. Cellular this week. Earlier in the month, Google said it planned to supplement Project Fi's coverage with that U.S. Cellular network. So the updated app allows Fi subscribers to take advantage of the expansion. The network relies on Sprint and T-Mobile for connectivity and now uh, U.S. Cellular, and it will automatically connect to the strongest signal. So U.S. Cellular provides LTE service in 23 states, mostly in the Midwest, which provides uh, Project Fi's overall network with an improved coverage uh, in those areas. Google claims its dynamic network switching technique provides customers with a cellular connection 99% of the time when they're using their phones. It also relies on Wi-Fi, and the Project Fi app is free to download from the Google Play Store, but the service is only available on select Nexus smartphones. So, um, Joey, I, I mean, obviously you're um, considered upper Midwest, but uh, I don't believe U.S. Sailor has coverage in the, uh, the Minneapolis Twin Cities area, do they? I don't believe so. Um, I, I really don't think so. That they, they may have had some roaming agreements, but I, I don't think they have native service. I, I don't think they they do either. But uh, certainly, as you get into Illinois. Um, and, uh, you know, certain the parts of Michigan, Indiana as well, uh, that's kind of where you'll see more, more of the service. But anyway, good news there. If you happen to be on project Fi in one of those areas, SanDisk this week announced two new high capacity micro SD memory cards for smartphones, tablets, and other devices, 256 gigabytes of storage are on either of the cards which uh, obviously will allow for uh, storage of music, photos, movies, whatever. They can deliver transfer speeds of up to 100 megabits per second uh, and write speeds of up to 90 megabits per second for boost photo capture. I remember when it was kind of exciting when they they made it to 120 megabytes, the micro SDs. Yeah, it's really unbelievable when you think about 256 gigabytes of data here, 14 hours of 4K video. Think about that one for just a minute. So uh, SanDisk is claiming uh, that these write speeds are fast enough to move um, over a thousand photos uh, in about a minute. Uh, and uh, they'll go on sale. They're not going to be cheap uh, in the fourth quarter. They're going to start around $200, um, though the, the kind of the, the lower end of the two is going to be about $150, but still $150 for 256 gigabytes of storage. Well, and it's amazing the size that it's in. Just, I mean, that's mind blowing they're just so tiny yeah and i mean think about that if you could take that size and put a bunch of them together you could have something the size of a quarter that's well over a terabyte i mean it's it's unbelievable when you think about it in that regard so absolutely uh you know an amazing feat uh, to do something like that OnStar's 4G LTE data plans in Chevy vehicles are about to get much cheaper. Chevy announced that it has cut the price of its OnStar LTE data plans, offering a new 4 gig plan for a greater variety as well. So the new prices are as follows. 1 gig a month for $10, 4 gigs for $20, 10 gigs a month for $40, and 20 gigs per month for $150. Chevy started offering LTE connections back in 2014, and the hotspot has come standard on new retail models with the OnStar basic plan built in. So um, I, I think about this um, in a couple of ways. So I think, well, this would be really nice to have something like this, you know, built into the car, um, you know, so that you can have, uh, take advantage not only of the fact that you can 
uh, use a device that may not have built-in LTE on it. Um, and then also you take advantage of the fact that you've got a big car with a big antenna hooked up to a big battery, and it's going to be much more powerful than any of the single handheld devices that you have in the car. And then I think about, well, what would I use this for? And personally, I would actually choose not to be connected to it because um, my data would be used uh, for the majority of which would be streaming music. And it's like one of the single greatest reasons and single greatest um, thing features about the T-Mobile plan that I have is that I get to have free music streaming. In fact, I was looking at this earlier today. Um, it, it's yet another month of absolutely just taking full advantage of this. Um, I've used currently over the last, uh, I guess it would be 25 days, 5.2 gigs of data. And on my plan, I've used 1.3 gigs of data that's actually been recorded. So, um, you know, whether it's the speed test application, um, at bat, I stream baseball games. And of course, then the music application, that's four gigs alone. So, um, it's just, it's unbelievable to think about, uh, to do that anyway. So going back to this, this LTE plan built into the car, um, if you've got kids, if you've got, uh, you know, Wi-Fi only iPads, uh, perhaps you want to bring and use a laptop computer, uh, when you're in the car, while you're on the go, um, you know, when you're, however you plan to do that, there are certain things that could, you know, be useful with it, but I just, I, I don't see the benefit as, as much as just like hooking into if, for example, the phone's signal isn't strong enough, you know, grabbing the iPad signal or something like that. But, uh, either way, um, it, it is available. The prices are now cheaper. In device news, Apple this week made changes to its recently introduced trade up with installments payment plan, putting the value of a device towards a new 24 month iPhone installment plan. Previously, Apple's trade-up program relied on a 24-month installment loan from Apple partner Citizens Bank, but Apple is simplifying the service and instead relying on financing plans handled by carriers. So trading in a device at the Apple Store will now allow the value of the device to be applied to the purchase of a new phone, iPhone from a carrier. Credits can be used to lower the cost of an outright purchase or to reduce monthly payments. This means it no longer is necessary to undergo a credit check to trade in a new device, nor do customers have to agree to a 24-month installment loan or minimum financing. Going through carrier financing does mean iPhones purchased through the program will be locked, though, to the carrier a customer chooses, while phones previously uh, purchased through the trade-in were unlocked. So something to keep in mind as you're deciding if you're going to do this. And if last week's rumors weren't enough for you, claims this week that the iPhone 7 will uh, feature a home button that uses haptic feedback to simulate a click. Sources claim that it will be the same approach as Force Touch, and analysts from Cohen and company are corroborating that report. They say that the iPhone 7 will feature this Force Touch home button. It will sit flush on the front of the phone, offering a more clean design. A home button that doesn't actually move means one less physical part that could fail, as a lot of people's iPhones do. Uh, much like the trackpad of the recent MacBooks, the Force Touch home button would provide a haptic feedback sensation that would lead users to believe that the home button had been pressed even though the actual button had not have moved and that is so convincing because i have that on my uh, macbook pro now i i, I still kind of marvel at the, the the how much it does seem to be actually like a click it, it replicates the click of the old style uh, trackpads uh just nearly perfectly there's there's just a hint of a delay every once in a while and i can kind of pick up on it but uh when the power is off on it and it doesn't click when you press it it's like wow that's really amazing how much it simulates it 
So one of the things on the phone side, and this would be the same on the iPad side as well, that comes to comes to mind here is that I, I happen to find myself using the physical home button uh, to do, of course, phone resets every once in a while. And so you hold down the power button and hold down the home button. So how do they get around that? They'll just change it to one of the volume buttons. So you hold down, let's say, the volume down button and the power button, and that's how you reset the device. Yeah, yeah. Makes all the sense in the world. So uh, think about a, a phone without a button on it, and you've got a nice, clean sheet of glass. Uh, certainly, we're going to have screen protectors that are going to be much easier to put on because you won't have the little weird loop thing on the bottom of the device like you, you know, that has to go around the home button, et cetera. Although that could be an interesting thing, how a screen protector would work with that. That may be, but they still may even have the ring to verify that your finger is there. Uh, however, the button may not actually move. It may be a sealed button with a ring. Yeah, what, yeah I was going to say, you've got, uh, you still have the need to have the fingerprint sensor on there, right? So, um, which I, I guess that technically could be under the glass, right? You don't have yes. to... You don't have to have it on, on the top like it is right now. So anyway, yeah, very interesting stuff. Um, additionally, Cohen and company are claiming that the iPhone 7 will feature a waterproof design, something that's been rumored on and off for the last few months. And finally, analysts also believe it will indeed be ditching the headphone jack. We initially had reported earlier this year um, that this was going to happen. Then we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that it wasn't going to happen. And now we're talking about it again that it apparently is going to happen. So, um, you know, again, I, I had somebody who is, you know, on, on the you know front end of, uh, you know, reading technology, loves to get the latest phones and stuff, but not in the industry or anything like that. And he was asking me about it today, just saying, you know, what do you think about this? Is there any, you know, obviously people are not real happy about thinking about losing this. And I'd read another report, too, that talked about the, the timeline in which Apple supports the ports on their devices. And it was interesting to see, you know, they've been essentially following um, and, and putting the headphone jack on on their devices for, um, I, I mean, I can't even remember how the number of years, but it was something like 30 years or something like that. Essentially, since they started creating computers that had, you know, sound integrated into them, they were putting a headphone jack on it. Um, and the, I guess the point is that as as we look at what is going to happen down the road, whether or not you can wrap your head around a lightning um, style headphone um, headphone set of headphones, Bluetooth, it really is the future. Um, you know, just like, you know, optical drives really were not the future. Uh, you know, digital downloaded medias. It's the same thing on, on the audio side. So, doesn't necessarily make us feel any better about it if you're someone who's got an investment in, um, you know, in in a nice set of headphones. But nonetheless, you're going to have to make a, a decision here is whether or not you want to use a dongle with those or just go to a new set of headphones. Yeah, and that's what you'd have to do. Just use the adapter. But, um, you know, the the simplicity of in the 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 what am I trying to say? The the accuracy of like a lightning connector is a lot better than the the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack because you don't have you know uh, the, the the grime and the grit and the gunk getting in there uh, causing bad electrical connection as uh, you know uh, you know those connectors sometimes get wobbly they get loose they get staticky and that would be something uh, you would avoid with a lightning connector uh, if it wasn't a, uh, an adapter dongle type where it's you know direct to your headphones um, you would then have a lot more power available as well uh, to drive the, the 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 headphones or the the, the units you had uh, more appropriately because uh, the the you know they down the power for the headphone jack output to kind of be the you know the lowest case scenario so you don't blow up the little teeny earbuds but sometimes you've got you know big cans on and you cannot power those from the little teeny thing so it would be it, it would actually be probably better overall as long as you get used to it and the and it's it's you know specifically made for the iPhone and, and um, you know if you don't go the Bluetooth route. Which, you know, I, I think that 
at this point we're 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 getting pretty good here with Bluetooth four. Um, the sound quality is is pretty solid. Um, that's pretty much what I use exclusively. Um, you know, in the car and. Um, so I, I, I can totally wrap my head around using that. So I think there's a lot to, to like about this direction. I also think that it's going to, uh, on the mainstream side, it's going to still get a lot of attention. Um, you know, I, I wonder if there's going to be people who are going to go for one of the older devices. They're going to stick with a, you know, an iPhone SE as an example, because they could, you know, they've got essentially the same phone as the 6S, um, but you can still take advantage of this. And then I guess that's the other point is you can still buy yourself a 6S. And, you know, that's probably going to be for sale here too, even after the 7 comes out. So I'd say, you know, it's a slow burn to get rid of the this jack and it's, it's not like it's going away. In fact, didn't we just drop the MacBook Pro with an optical drive on it? I think, I feel like that there was an option to still buy one of those, uh, one of the older models, not too long ago. Yeah, they just discontinued that. Just uh, what about two weeks ago? The, Seems uh, a- the old, the old MacBook Pro model, the one with the thick. And I'm sure that was, uh, uh, you know, hanging around for uh, enterprise compatibility. Yeah, and I mean, I look at you know the the devices that I I mean I I have not even thought about a CD. Um, you know, you know, I can't even tell you how long. Um, and you know, and I do things like I read my kids books and, you know, one of them had a CD in the back of it. And my son said, dad, can, is that a DVD? And I said, no, it's a CD. And I said, you know, we can maybe play this. And I was trying to think of like how I would even do that. I guess in the car, right. You could put it in the deck in the car and listen to it, but in the house, yeah, it's, you know, it's all streamed music at this point and it's all wireless and there's, there's no physical media anymore. Well, and if you have a DVD player, you could play it in that. I do. It's not hooked up. It's just <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> it's just then. sitting there on the shelf because there's no. I don't ever watch any DVDs. And I have an external uh, USB uh, DVD drive. I bought. Uh, it's actually a Blu-ray drive. I bought on uh, eBay. It's like you know forty bucks or something, and uh, that, that I just use it to rip CDs occasionally. But do you do you have any Blu-ray discs though? You do. Yeah, I've gotten a few movies, and I've, I've ripped those as well. Yeah, I, I just I I feel like I kind of like. I skirted that whole thing by not ever jumping into, you know, the, the Blu-ray or the HD DVD stuff. And, you know, obviously now you can just download everything in HD and the connections are fast enough. So it's uh, really not that big of a deal. Um, not to mention, I still only have a 1080p TV. I don't have a 4K TV. Um, although I, I, I don't know, I guess at some point I'll have to upgrade, but it's just not a priority at this point. So anyway, uh, very interesting stuff, though, if you happen to be uh, an Apple iPhone 7 rumor follower, lots of stuff more this week about that. Finally, in Apple news, uh, T-Mobile's prepaid brand Metro PCS Thursday said it would soon sell the entire range of Apple's iPhones. Uh, the select stores in Florida has started selling it this week, this past Friday, July 1st, and it will be expanded to all stores around the nation very soon. You'll be able to pick up an iPhone 6S or 6S Plus for 640 and 749 respectively. The iPhone SE and iPhone 5S will be 349 and 199 respectively. Metro PCS does not require contracts and service plans start at $35 per month. Motorola on Tuesday said its fourth generation G series smartphones will go on sale beginning July 12th. The G4 is $200, the G4 Plus $249. The phones will be sold by Amazon, Best Buy, Brandsmart, B&H, Car Toys, Fry's, Micro Center, Motorola.com, Sam's Club, and Walmart. Further, Republic Wireless will offer both phones with service plans starting on July 28th. The G4 and G4 Plus are sold unlocked and will support most U.S. carriers, including AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon. 
Amazon on Wednesday announcing the Blue R1 HD. This is an inexpensive Android smartphone that will be sold unlocked starting July 12th. The R1 HD boasts curved Gorilla Glass 3, a metal frame, soft touch paint on the rear, and a premium feel. The screen is 5 inches with 720p resolution and powered by a 1.3 gigahertz quad-core MediaTek 6735 processor, 8 gigs of storage, 1 gig of RAM. It will also include an 8 megapixel main camera with f2.0 aperture, LED flash, and a cell camera uh, which captures 5 megapixel images. The phone can record video up to 1080p. It runs Android 6.0 Marshmallow and supports two SIM cards as well as a micro SD card with support up to 64 gigs. The phone will be sold unlocked and compatible with networks such as AT&T and T-Mobile with LTE bands in 2, 4, 7, and 17. It will be sold for only $100 but also will be sold exclusively by Amazon for only $50, and to do get, to get that price, you will have to watch ads and promotions on the lock screen of the phone. There's also a second variant that includes 16 gigs of storage and 2 gigs of RAM, a good value at only $10 more. So along with this Blue R1, Amazon uh, was also announcing a new promotion with uh, that will allow Amazon Prime subscribers to buy unlocked handsets at reduced prices. So, of course, the first of these devices is the R1, but then the also... Uh, the previously mentioned Motorola Moto G4 is also in that boat. So Amazon says that these devices will be reduced $50 in exchange for the customer watching these required ads. They say the breakthrough pricing on unlocked smartphones is supported by personalized offers and ads, including deals and product recommendations displayed on the phone's lock screen. So when a customer sees an offer, they can tap to learn more or simply unlock their phone to dismiss. Amazon uses a similar model to discount the price of its own Kindle-branded e readers. Both the G4 and R1 HD go on sale, as we mentioned, July 12th. And for a limited time, Prime subscribers can get an additional $25 off the G4, dropping that total retail price to only $125. So um, it's really easy, I think, to to, to kind of dismiss this story and dismiss this, this, uh, um, this, this context of using or having ads uh, on the lock screen and, and saying, well, that's that's ridiculous. I would never want that. Um, but I also think that there's something to this that obviously if Amazon is going to, they've tried it on the Kindle and now they're going to be selling phones that are going to have this, uh, it could potentially mean something for them um, in in a, uh, a different type of model that they're going to be getting these devices out to people. Clearly, they've tried to sell devices over the last couple of years. Nothing has ever really stuck for them. So they've got to try something different. And uh, to get to literally get ads to a captive audience, the most captive audience and the the most captive screen that you have, um, even if it's just for a second before you swipe to dismiss, you're still looking at that ad um, and there's there's something to it, even if it's just seeing it for a minute. So I, I think this is a, just a fascinating concept, if nothing else. Of course, I you know hate it entirely, but you're right. It is it is very interesting. My uh, mom had a, a, a Galaxy Note 2 and some something she had installed was showing apps on the or ads on the lock screen, and I I saw that and I just my blood started boiling. I, it just infuriated me seeing ads on the lock screen while it was plugged in. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So anyway, that's uh, that's a whole other story. Well, you know, I think there's it's kind of a hand in hand thing where if it doesn't really bother you to see an ad on the screen of your phone, you're probably also going to be the type of of person who's going to be okay with 
getting or, or going to be seeking out a phone like this that's going to have the the price point um, that is going to be what it is that's going to bring it down to something that's more affordable. So uh, I, I think there's something there's something to this here with them, and I think it, it could be very interesting. And again, got to be a Prime subscriber to get this reduced pricing. But uh, either way, it's it's still a very interesting model, and uh, I can't wait to see just if if this goes anywhere or not. So uh, certainly, you know, you can pay full price for phones and not have to deal with the ads too. So these phones are not exclusively ad-based phones, just if you want to get that cheaper price. Samsung on Thursday said U.S. consumers can buy unlocked versions of the Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge, identical to those sold by carriers, but unlocked to be used with any GSM or CDMA network here in the U.S. and abroad. So the unlocked S7 and S7 Edge support 16 LTE bands, making them highly compatible with AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon. Also, the devices ship without carrier apps and instead come with a clean build of Android 6.0 Marshmallow and Samsung's TouchWiz. The unlocked Galaxy S7 and S7 Edge are available from Samsung.com, Amazon, Best Buy, eBay, Sam's Club, and Target.com. The S7 is $670. The S7 Edge, $770. Well, uh, let's see. What else we got here? LG this week announcing VP Input, an app for PCs and selected LG handsets, making Bluetooth pairing a breeze. Uh, More than connecting the devices, VP Input lets LG smartphone owners control their device using the PC's mouse and keyboard. LG is pitching the apps as a convenient way to use uh, your phone at your desk, but you don't want to interrupt your workflow. So VP Input can be used to copy text from a Word document on a PC and then paste it into a document on a smartphone, take a screenshot of your phone and display it on the PC screen, and even use uh, the PC to uh, launch shortcuts or other apps that are on the smartphone. It's free to download uh, from the Google Play Store, but only compatible with the V10, G4, and G5 smartphones. Qualcomm this week said that its top-of-the-line processor, the Snapdragon 810, is ready to run Project Tango hardware. Qualcomm initially supported Project Tango with the Snapdragon 652, which required a number of software optimizations for it to work. It recently announced the Lenovo, uh, or the recently announced Lenovo Fab 2 Pro Project Tango handset also runs that Snapdragon 652. Uh, uh, Qualcomm planning to support Tango with more of its Snapdragon 600 and 800 tier processors over time. In software news, one new feature found in 3D Touch in iOS 10 uh, is of new 3D Touch-enabled shortcuts. They was, these were found recently in an option letting users uh, to prioritize the downloading of apps. So uh, when you've got more than one app that's installing, users in iOS 10 can 3D Touch and select Prioritize Download to temporarily pause the installation of the other applications while the selected one is bumped to the only download occurring. On devices running iOS 9 and earlier, uh, when you installed more than one app, every down app would download at the same time the new process should help where multiple apps are waiting to be downloaded instead uh if just do or by doing one instead of doing them all at the same time you know this is interesting i only really ever see this when i have done uh, a reinstall of software on the phone where it has to download a bunch of stuff and it takes forever but otherwise i haven't really ever experienced an issue with downloading a whole bunch of stuff like this yeah not really but you can also have this happen though if you go into the app store and and, and download a bunch of uh of apps especially big ones you know some you know some of them are 1.5 to gigabytes a piece and uh, you may want uh, to have uh, you know a certain app prioritized. Yeah, and I I guess that's that's true, especially if you're looking to do stuff while everything else is happening on the phone. But um, either way, I I, I I guess maybe I I just haven't realized that I needed it until now, and I will when I get it. 
Google Keep received a useful feature in a recent update. Uh, the app can now categorize notes by topic. Keep will assign categories to topics such as websites, recipes, or favorite places, and those topics will be searchable via keyword. The updated version of Google Keep is available to Android and iOS devices as well as on the web. It's free to download from the Google Play and iTunes app stores. NBC on Thursday said that it will provide virtual reality coverage to the Rio 2016 Summer Olympic Games, but only on the Samsung Gear VR headset. NBC plans to capture about 85 hours of virtual reality programming, including the opening and closing ceremonies and select competitions, including men's basketball, gymnastics, track and field, beach volleyball, diving, boxing, and fencing. NBC plans to create highlight packages of the sports as well, and they said that VR content will not be offered in real time, instead delayed about a day. The content will be made available through the NBC Sports app. Compatible smartphones include the Gear S6, the the Galaxy S6, the S6 Edge, the S6 Edge Plus, Note 5, S7, and S7 Edge, a Gear VR headset required. Of course, interested customers will need to authenticate their pay TV cable account before accessing the Olympics VR coverage. Google on Monday said it has updated its satellite images in Google Maps and Google Earth with much higher resolution photos. The company put to use the imagery captured by the Landsat 8 satellite, which launched in 2013, to improve the clarity, color, and resolution of such maps. Google says it's also improved its processing techniques using millions of images to create the clearest possible mosaics through the same Earth Engine APIs that scientists use. Google has parsed more than 700 trillion pixels culled from nearly a petabyte of Landsat imagery. Google says the new sharper imagery is now available across all of its mapping products. Facebook is working to ease the process of creating video posts and photos. The company Monday said that it plans to relocate the slideshow feature built into its Moments application and drop them into the main Facebook app for iOS. Once the feature is moved, it will automatically assemble photos and videos into slideshow videos. Slideshows will look for collections of at least five photos and or videos posted within a 24-hour period. It will then add themes, transitions, and music on its own, but users can then customize them if they so wish. The feature is similar to the memories in Apple Photos and Movie Assistant in Google Photos. Facebook for iOS with slideshows is free to download from the iTunes App Store. And Evernote is enacting a new two-device limit for its free basic plan and also raising rates for its, for its plus and premium plans in the process. The company says they're looking to invest in improvements over the long term. Evernote's premium and plus accounts will continue to support access for an unlimited number of devices and the same limitations regarding searching within Office documents, PDF annotation, and business card scanning to contacts will still apply uh, as differences between the plus and premium plans. So in a blog post, Chris O'Neill, who's Evernote's CEO, outlined the new pricing tiers for the plus and premium subscriptions. Plus subscriptions now are $4 a month or $34 a year. Premium subscriptions are now $8 a month or $70 a year. That's up from $3 and $5 a month, respectively. It's getting close to the uh, the pricing of the, the, the Microsoft Office 365, which, of course, includes a, a, a OneNote and a terabyte of storage. And, of course, uh, OneNote is free to use without that even. So uh, it starts to make me kind of think hmm, maybe I should look at uh, OneNote a little closer. I was I was thinking the same thing um, initially, at least. And, you know, one of the one of the things that I, I, I keep coming back to is just how much 
I use it though. I mean, this is about as valuable to me as, as Outlook is at this point. So um, as I think about, you know, what the value is that I get out of this, if, if I'm looking at this, um, you know, half a dozen times a day, it's a light day. I'm probably in Evernote multiple hours a day. In fact, we do everything from the show notes in Evernote. Um, I use the emailing feature to it where I, I email stuff to it all the time. I have that address uh, that my wife uses to email stuff into it that we use for filing. I have a, a lot of different documents and bills and things like that automatically filed nice and neatly in there. I use it for scanning. I use it for business cards. I, use, I, I cannot... I, I cannot imagine a world uh, where I'm not using it. And so as I initially, I, I totally agree, it, it did get me thinking about this, but 10,000 plus notes that I now have in here, including, you know, I, I don't even know how much, I, I don't use 10 gigabytes, uh, or I don't upload 10 gigabytes a month, not even close. I probably never even get over a couple hundred megabytes. Um, but it's still one of those things where I, I just can't, I, I, I don't know that there's going to be anything else that's going to work out nearly as good as, as Evernote for me. So, um, yeah, I'm looking right now and it, I've got uh, 200, uh, 200 megs is all I've uploaded for the month. So, um, but I, I guess that, that's kind of my thinking on it is that there's as much as I, 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 I hate the price increase, it's still a, a very good value for what it is that I use it for. Yeah, it's not that expensive. Yeah, eight dollars a month is still a small price to pay for something that is as useful as as it is. So, not have, have no affiliation with Evernote, just a big fan and uh, love using it. Finally, this week, Sling TV revealing new single and multi-stream services alongside the addition of NBC local stations and other content providers. The single stream service is now called Sling Orange. It still costs the same $20 a month, but you can now get multiple streams on your single Sling TV account. Those will be called Blue or Sling Blue plans, and those will be $25 a month. The new plans also now include BBC America, which I think is an awesome addition, as well as World News. And, of course, this all comes with the addition of NBC local channels just in time for the Summer Olympics, which will be starting here in uh, just a couple of weeks. No questions or comments this week, but if you've got any, let us know. 650-999-0524 is the phone number. Or send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.